Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities. Eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Salam, dear listeners. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, welcoming everybody to another wonderful episode of She Talks Peace. And saying hello from Manila. It's a bit cloudy today. It's been raining a lot. And watching the news about what's happening in Europe and the United States, where they have, would you believe, soaring temperatures that even the runway in London and Heathrow is melting. Oh my goodness. I mean, when you're talking about climate change, and the impact that, that it has on us and to listen to uh, leaders, political leaders, especially those who are, you know, supporting the oil industry, uh, saying that uh, climate change is not uh, reality, it boggles the imagination. And here in Southeast Asia, we are all so concerned because we're affected we are not really contributing all that much to pollution. We are neg- not really negative when it comes to impact on climate change, but they expect us to do more than our share. It's ridiculous, completely ridiculous. And I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, our leaders will get their act together and uh, work out a more sustainable approach to dealing with climate change because everybody is affected. And I think now maybe the people in the West realize more fully the impact that this has on on our lives. And you know who's impacted more, of course, are women. We have had a discussion before looking at uh, the impact of climate change and uh, Disaster brought about by tsunamis and, uh, and floodings that its impact on women is much, much more than its impact on men. That's why in, um, Honolulu, where I was uh, several weeks ago to talk about women, peace and security, the issue of climate change did come up. Because it impacts women from all over, all over the world. You know, we've been talking a lot about the women, peace and security agenda on uh, She Talks Peace. And just a refresher for, for all of you, dear listeners, the women, peace and security agenda or WPS was supported by the UN Security Council more than 20 years ago. This was in the year 2000 when they unanimously passed the UN Security Council Resolution 1325. And according to the UN, the resolution was backed by a diverse and geographically representative coalition of member states, those are the governments, and pushed by a strong global constituency of women civil society organizations. 
the UN further says that uh, this was the first Security Council resolution to link women to the peace and security agenda, looking at the impact of conflict on women and women's contribution to conflict resolution and sustainable peace. And you know what? Women peace builders all over the world have been demanding that our governments implement the agenda, not just pay lip service. The resolution consists of four pillars, the first being the role of women in conflict prevention. Now, you know, I come from the uh, Bangsamoro Autonomous Region of Muslim Mindanao, and we have had armed conflicts uh, for decades. In the 70s, when I was very, very young, my hometown was actually burned to the ground because of uh, armed conflict between my government's military and the Moro National Liberation Front, and uh, who were really bearing the brunt of uh, the after effects of the conflict, women. We had to worry about what was happening to our children, looking for food to take care of the, the family. So we need to support the role of women in conflict prevention because this can never happen again, right? The second pillar is women's participation in peace building. That's why we have this podcast called She Talks Peace. The third pillar is the protection of the rights of women and girls during and after conflict. And the fourth, women's specific needs during repatriation, resettlement and rehabilitation, reintegration and post-conflict reconstruction should be taken care of. I think a total of about 10 women peace and security resolutions have been adopted by the UN. Now you ask me, what has the impact been? Have women been more participatory in peace building in countries like the Philippines, Indonesia, uh, Myanmar, and, uh, and other conflict-affected uh, countries? Well, dear listeners, we have a wonderful guest today because she has been working on peace building, including the official peace process between the government, my government, and the Moro Islamic Liberation Front for a while now. And now she's based in the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region, working with a parliament the transition authority, which will, will become the official parliament of the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region. And she is part of a group that's really looking at the implementation of the Women, Peace and Security Agenda. My guest today on She Talks Peace is Helen Rojas. She is currently the Chief of Staff of a member of the Bangsamoro Parliament and who is currently the chairperson of the Bangsamoro Women's Commission. That's uh, Haja Bainon Karon. I've been wanting to have uh, Minister Bainon Karon join us for a while now, but I understand that uh, she's not well and I hope she gets better soon. She is such an interesting person. Did you know that she used to be part of the Liberation Front? How's that for women's participation. Helen, who is her chief of staff, before joining Hadja Bainon, she was head of the National Action Plan on Women, Peace and Security Secretariat of the Office of the Presidential Advisor on the Peace Process. And that was from 2015 to 2019. That's when I got to know Helen. In 2009, she was part of the preparatory committee which drafted the Philippines National Action Plan on WPS. And this is the first action plan ever developed and implemented in Asia. As part of sharing implementation experience of the Philippines on WPS, our friend Helen has delivered presentations at the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific Ministerial Conference on the Beijing Plus 25 Review held in Bangkok. 
Her most recent international engagements have been as research speaker on the Philippines National Action Plan on WPS during the 2021 ASEAN Regional Forum hosted by the government of Thailand and the 2020 International Conference on Women, Peace and Security hosted by Vietnam. As Chief of Staff, Helen leads the team that coordinated the formulation of the first Bangsamoro Regional Action Plan on WPS, which was launched last October 30, 2020, in time for the 20th year anniversary of the UN Security Council 1325. She currently leads a team which coordinates gender and development planning and budgeting, as well as gender mainstreaming in the barn. Welcome, Helen! Hi, uh, good afternoon. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Hi, Miss Amina. Um, it's good to, and it's nice to see you again. So you look very uh, refreshed. That's the short hair, Helen. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. You should try it sometimes, especially now that it's uh, it's summer and hot and yeah. humid. So, Helen, how's Barm? How's life in Barm? I've been here for uh, three years already. I joined uh, MP Pinon Caron last uh, 2019. It has been a very rewarding uh, journey with her. Also, a very inspiring experience uh, that I would love to share with um, other uh, women peace builders and peace advocates, gender champions. You, you, you know, the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region, even before when it was just the autonomous region for Muslim Mindanao, has actually been quite supportive of women's aspirations to participate in decision making. So the uh, a women's commission had been in existence already in Muslim Mindanao uh, long before uh, we had this Bangsamoro Regional Commission, and it's it's quite exciting because it in many ways negates the idea that a Muslim community automatically thinks that women are second-class citizens. Here you have the leadership, the political leadership, the government leaders of the autonomous region actually supporting the establishment of uh, such a commission. So tell us a little bit of the regional commission on Bangsamoro Women, Helen. What is it? What is the focus of the RCBW. Actually, ma'am, uh, it's not uh, RCBW anymore. RCBW was the um, uh, Women's Commission uh, during the uh, defunct ARMM. So we now have uh, the Bangsamoro Women Commission replacing the Regional Commission on Bangsamoro Women or uh, the BWC. So this uh, office was actually created by virtue of uh, Bangsamoro Autonomy Act Number Eight, uh, which was passed last January 20, 2020. Hmm. So uh, the, the the BWC is more than two years old. It's uh, very. I'm I'm very happy to share that uh, even in that short time, a short period of time of its existence, it has already um, achieved some uh, significant. Uh, milestones and uh, contributions, especially in terms of uh, shaping policies, uh, regional policies in the region. So like the RCPW, the BWC is the primary policy making, um, coordinating and monitoring body of uh, women, gender and development in the region. Uh, it is mandated to uh, first uh, promote, uh, protect and uphold uh, women's human rights. Second, work for the elimination of all forms of discrimination against women. Three, it has to ensure that um, legal measures are taken to promote gender justice and women's rights and welfare. And uh, number four, it has to promote, it is mandated to promote gender and development uh, in the region, including the meaningful participation of women in all levels of uh, government, uh, policy and decision making. This fourth mandate is... Uh, actually a, a gargantuan task assigned to the BWC uh, because um, 
BWC, just like RCBW, it performs, uh, it has oversight function uh, on gender and development, planning and budgeting, not only of the ministries and offices, but of the local government unit as well. So this is the oversight function on that planning and budgeting of local government units was a function not given to the um, RCBW. So I could say that the, the BWC now has, uh, by virtue of uh, BAA number eight, it has leveraged its role uh, to, all, to already include uh, performing oversight function on grant planning and budgeting of uh, local government units, a function which is uh, currently being charged to the Ministry of Interior and Local Government. But the law creating BWC has already sort of transferred that function to BWC. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. No, Helen, you know, it looks really good on, on paper, right? Yeah, yes, it has been our experience, you and me, that uh, sometimes it might look good on paper, a uh, law may be passed, uh, an order may be uh, given out, but the implementation itself is uh, very weak. Sometimes you think that, you know, a government pays lip service, men pay lip service to to the issues that are important to to women. So what has been your experience uh, in the three years that you've been there? Do you think that women's participation in Muslim Mindanao in decision-making, in peace-building has really improved? Mm. Um, ah. Currently, mm. yeah, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, well, uh, uh, you already know, ma'am, that out of the 80 members of the parliament, there are only 13 women members of the parliament. No, so they are very outnumbered. But yung yung consolation na lang natin, ma'am, is uh, uh never mind the quantity. Uh, just look at the quality of Aha. their uh, participation. We have super yes, women. Because, yeah, because in the parliament, for example, we have a woman member of the parliament as uh, assistant majority floor leader, so that is MP Attorney Raisa Jajuri. Uh, we also have a woman minority floor floor leader, so that's uh, MP Attorney Liza Alamia. And uh, the the assistant minority floor leader uh, is also a, a woman. In the executive branch, uh, we have a, a female lawyer who is the attorney general. So and uh in in major services basic and major services we have uh mp raisa jajuri as head of the ministry of social service and um development uh, another major service the uh, ministry of science and technology uh, the, it is also being uh, headed by a, a woman mp um aida silongan so uh, while there while it is true that there are only very few of them but uh, their participation, especially in terms of shaping policies and decisions, are uh, very crucial. No, so they are able to. I can say that they are really able to influence uh, policy and decision making. That's at the at the uh, governance level. In terms of uh, a peace building, uh, I can really. I am proud to say that women's participation has greatly improved for the last. 
for the last three years. In fact, we have uh, former female combatants, uh, members of the Bangsamoro Islamic Women Auxiliary Brigade. This is the armed, female arm wing of the MILF. We have BWAB members who are now uh, transformed as uh, gender advocates, GBV, uh, GBV gender-based violence monitors, and they are part of a an early warning, early response mechanism, which uh, which the BWC in partnership with the uh, the uh, partner um, international organizations such as uh, the UN Women and uh, UNFPA and the Westminster Foundation for Democracy. We have uh, capacitated these former female combatants as well as some members of the Social Welfare Committee of the MILF. They now form part of an early warning community-based all-women early warning early response mechanism uh, existing in the SPMS box. Uh, this is a conflict-affected area in the second district of Maguindanao where there is a presence of the BIFF. And uh, this area, the SPMS box, is uh, has a an existing conflict, ongoing conflict. There has been a protracted conflict for the last eight years between the government and the MILF. No? So um, this uh, group of uh, women, uh, former combatants, are now actually uh, taking the lead. Uh, they are now at the forefront. They engage the security sector, ensuring that because we, we cannot really avoid itong mga continuous uh, military operations against MI, MI, uh, the BIFF. This group of women are, you know, uh, very confident. They engage the members of the security sector, reminding them that, oops, before you conduct your military operation, you have to ensure that our communities are are safe and secure. So you will have to inform us when is your scheduled military operation so that we have sufficient time to evacuate, to transport our uh, women and children, the elderly, to a safe ground. That's, so ito na Helen, yung mga nila. That's, that's, that's really good to hear. But, but tell me, Helen, when you started uh, working with them, you know, capacitating them on on gender issues, on the role of women. What were they like, Helen? I mean, were they already gender sensitive or did you have, you know, a difficult time uh, getting them engaged on uh, empowering women, the role of women in the Bangsamoro? Um, actually, ma'am, uh, at the start, it was a sad realization na Nung kaharap namin sila, uh, almost all of them are very innocent. No? So parang some of them would even say na, Ma'am, kasi we were told na we are not allowed. Uh, I mean, if they are, uh, because we were discussing about divorce uh, uh -huh. under PT-33. Uh -huh. So like, like they were saying na, uh, Ma'am, kasi we were we were told na by yung mga ustages daw na, mm -hmm. they cannot, women are not allowed to divorce their husbands. Aha! So, Yes, ma'am. No, so yan yung mga mga revelations nila. No, so meron pa nga ibang mga uh, wives ng mga MILF uh, members from North Cotabato uh, who shared na in, when when their husband contracted subsequent marriage. Mm -hmm. no? So parang uh, they have no other choice but to accept the fact na uh, that's allowed in Islam and that. Uh, nung, nung, in a way, nung husband, yung second wife, dun sa conjugal dwelling, nung first wife, the first wife has, uh, no other choice, uh, except to accept na, yeah, to accept. doon natitira. Right, no? So, right. inisa lang sila ng bahay nung second yeah. wife. No, kasi, uh, accordingly, if, uh, kailangan nilang tanggapin yun, kasi, yun, kasama daw yun sa pagtatarbiya sa kanila, or yung mga, mga religious, uh, counseling sa kanila no so yeah, that's so right. oh, so parang uh, yung mga first uh, few months sa kanila ay talagang they shared na uh, ngayon lang namin ngayon lang daw nila narinig na merong parang ganitong mga karapatan yung mga uh, kababaihan and secondly they were like staying na mom before we we engage uh, sa inyo, we will have to ask permission ask from our permission husbands. from their husbands yes, to learn about ask, their rights. Right. Yes, ma'am. So, even yung mga activities, mga programs, activities uh, for 
for their capacitation. Kailangan pa nilang ipagpaalam daw sa kanilang mga husband. And uh, there was one question which really uh, struck me. No? So yung tanong sa akin, Ma'am, before you you came to us uh, and you introduced itong program ninyo for us, did you ask permission sa MILF Central Committee? Kasi ganun yung orientation sa kanila. Right, But right. Accordingly, uh, you cannot you cannot directly come to us and uh, engage us in a program or activity unless uh, it has the blessings uh, it has the blessings of the uh, MILF Central Committee. So ganun yung klase ng mga yeah. dynamics. I can understand their because they're they're part of the MILF. I can understand that they will want to be sure that it is approved by the Central Committee because that is the leadership of the MILF. But it's it's amazing Helen that uh our Bangsamoro women most of them really don't know about their rights under Islam, under Islamic law. They don't know that Islam liberated women. So you must have you know, a tremendous burden just trying to educate women about their rights under Islam. Is that one of the, the focal, focal points of the, the commission to educate women about their rights? Yes, ma'am, because uh, that is in line with the first mandate uh, of the commission uh, promoting women's uh, human rights. And we really uh, did have a hard time, you know, influencing, uh, uh, making them understand and appreciate, appreciate their role, their contribution, uh, in especially in terms of peace building. So what was your approach, Helen? I'm, I'm really curious. How did you manage to break through to these women combatants first uh we we respect that they have protocol so uh we did that we complied we went through the protocol we visited um we visited senior minister abdullah of makakwa and informed him that the bwc uh, actually it was samam by non karon i was with her and she was like uh, explaining to as a uh, senior minister that we have this program and we will involve uh the MILF women. He he was very supportive. He gave his uh, go signal. He said, "Yes, you may. Uh, you may engage. You may engage our uh, uh, women from the BWAB and the uh, SWC." Now, when we went back to the conversation again with the BWAB and the SWC, parang ano pa? Doubtful pa sila na uh, pinayagan sila na inalaw sila na maki-engage uh, sa amin no so uh they had been, eventually, they had been brainwashed for such a long time that they had no rights yeah yes ma'am yes ma'am no especially in terms of uh, yung kanilang uh, yung rights na pwede pala silang mag-divorce and that they can even they can even uh, say no when their husband would ask permission That's uh, right. to have yeah. a sub- subsequent wife no yeah. so Talaga ang ang discipline sa kanila ma'am you can never say no to your husband kung gusto niyang mag-asawa right. ng dalawa tatlo apat no That's so That's right. Yeah. So And yun yun ma'am. Yeah, we had um, our guest last week is uh, a lawyer from uh, Malaysia, Nizam uh, Bashir. Uh, she's he's also well versed in Sharia. He's a Sharia a lawyer. And he is defending a woman who is divorced has custody of three children and this woman that Nizam Bashir was defending has been sentenced to seven days in jail would you believe Helen because the husband filed a charge in the Sharia court alleging that the wife would not let him visit the the, the three uh, children. children i mean okay so some you may have had some misunderstanding or some problems with the visitation but to put a mother in jail for seven days i mean that mm-hmm. is so unthinkable yeah. i can't imagine that ever happening for instance in uh, in bangsamoro It's lucky that this woman has some knowledge of her rights 
and went to a lawyer. Can you imagine if something like that happened in Pangsamoro, Helen, where our women don't really know what their rights are? Yeah. So the BWC must uh, really be having a tremendous uh, effort to educate our our women. Are you managing to go down to the community level in your education campaign, Helen? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I personally, I personally go down to the communities talaga, ma'am. And uh, I give the lecture. Uh, I facilitate. Mostly, yung, yung naging um, focus area namin, ma'am, ay itong... Uh, from the SPMS box and the indigenous communities in UP. Uh, dito sa, sa IT communities natin, ma'am, talagang ang lucky, there is a huge gap talaga, especially in terms of uh, uh, educating uh, yung mga indigenous women natin. The indigenous peoples in UP, are majority of them Muslim or have they, you know, stayed to you know, the uh, religion of their ancestors which is actually nature or worship most of them are muslim parang ano ma'am parang hati no so merong mga muslim muslim tedorize mm-hmm. but there are also ip talaga that they stick to their ano ancestors na tribal affiliation and uh, religion mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a little bit more difficult to navigate because you have two yes ma'am mm-hmm. two religious groups that are in existence, working, you know, living side by side. So let, let's talk about, you know, the, this regional action plan that the Bangsamoro Women's Commission has uh, launched on women, peace and security. Tell us a little bit about, uh, about that, uh, Helen. The, the Bangsamoro Regional Action Plan on Women, Peace and Security is actually inspired by the narratives of the women from the SPMS box and the indigenous Ellen, women of South what's, what's SPMS? SPMS uh, stands for, uh, S stands for Salibo. This is a municipality in Maguindanao. S stands for Salibo, P for Pagatin in Dato Saudi Amkatwan, M for Mama Sapano, S for Sharif Saidona. So these are four municipalities. Actually, this area used to be was used to be referred to by the security sector as a no man's land. Oh yeah, so because <laughs> I remember. Eto yeah, so, yeah. the narratives of the women uh, from the SPMS box and the indigenous women of South UP uh, provided inspiration uh, sa development ng uh, current RAP WPS. No, so uh, as mentioned already, the RAP WPS was. Launched last uh, October 20, 2020, during the celebration 20th anniversary of uh, UNSCR 1325. No, so, so it was launched uh, during the first year of the pandemic. <laughs> that that couldn't have been easy, Helen. Yes, ma'am. Dahil it was launched and developed uh, during the period of the pandemic, the RAP WPS already includes uh, interventions for. Uh, towards recovery from uh, the global pandemic. Adam, the main focus of the RAP WPS since its implementation period is within the original, the initial uh, three-year period of the transition, the focus is uh, towards helping uh, women and their communities transition from conflict to peace by providing support for women's uh, political engagement and um, economic empowerment. No, so because uh, when we were having our um, conversations with these women from the SPMS box and IP women of South UP during the development of the RAP WPS, they were saying that uh, it's good for us to be politically engaged, but then you give us something uh, to put on the table. So that when we are politically engaged, we will not think about whether or not our families have something to eat ah, or whether okay. or not our children uh, will be able to go to school. Very so, practical. Uh, yes, ma'am. So strategy then is to ensure that while they are politically engaged, uh, uh, meaningfully participating, they also need to have uh, to be uh, economically uh, empowered. No, So that is the... Uh, main focus of the RAP WPS. Now, to achieve that, our strategy is to utilize, uh, of course, just like the NAP WPS, 
to utilize the 5% GAD budget of uh, each ministry and office. So in the guidelines on GAD planning and budgeting, there is a provision there which states that 40% of the 5% GAD budget of each ministry must be utilized to support women's economic empowerment uh, which is a, a marching order uh, of the Regional Action Plan on Women, Peace, and Security. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know what, Helen? I think it's it's good to share with our listeners that this idea that government, the five percent of the budget of government—that means national government agencies, uh, local government, cities, provinces. This law started with a Muslim. That was my mom. Senator Santanina Rasul was the one who put into her Women in Development and Nation Building Act. Act. Yes, Yes, that government must set aside a certain percentage of government revenue, government budget to support the empowerment of women. And it was her uh, her colleague in the Senate, Senator Leticia Shahani, who later on uh, made it uh, certain that uh, we do get the money. And she was the one, Senator Shahani was the one who said 5%. That was uh, what was agreed on with, uh, with the men. So a Muslim, dear listeners, was responsible for this uh, support from national government. And uh, my question, Helen, are our government agencies really sharing the 5% with the Bangsamoro Women's Commission so that you can do the empowerment of Bangsamoro women? Uh, actually, ma'am, the, the ministries, because uh, we are promoting, uh, we are mainstreaming gender. So uh, each uh, ministry uh, will have to program their respective 5% GAD budget in accordance with their mandate. It is the ministries and offices which actually do the programming and implementation because the GAD interventions would have to be aligned with the mandate of the ministries. Now, it is, uh, I would like also to share, ma'am, that, uh, for 2021, uh, there's already progress, some progress in the utilization of the 5% GAD budget. Uh, during the first two years of the transition, talagang nangangapa, kasi technically, ma'am, uh, almost 95% of the employees are new employees no so with zero or low understanding and appreciation of gender and development so we the BWC had to capacitate them no to to increase their knowledge and understanding on uh, the implementation of gender for for 2021 ma'am if the barn has a 70 billion budget mm-hmm. so 5% of that it's is 2.5 billion that's yes, a lot so that's a very big budget yes so, uh, so for 2021, ma'am, we are, I'm happy to share that we were able to surpass. We exceeded, uh, the 5% GAD budget, no? So we have a total GAD, uh, expenditure of, uh, more than 6 billion. This is, uh, attributed to the attribution because there are, uh, regular programs and projects funded out of the 5% GAD budget, uh, which are attributed to five, to the, to, to gender and development. No? So, uh, ibig sabihin, ma'am, dahil dinaan nila sa Harmonized Gender and Development Guidelines, so ibig sabihin, itong the programs and projects that ministries and offices are implementing are actually supporting, supportive to gender and development. So, mga uh, may mga component doon that addresses uh, gender issues. No, so, ang laki ng, ano, ma'am, ng, ng difference because like in 2020, uh, there was only uh, 255 million mm-hmm. God utilization no so that's not even close to 1% of the 5% gad budget but for 2021 we have uh, more than 6 billion uh, gad fund utilization i i i hope uh, helen uh, that uh, 
they don't when when they talk about capacity building they don't include uh, activities like uh, dance lessons and uh, <laughs> And stuff Bob, like that because I remember during yes, the first years you, of the the uh, implementation of the law, local governments would actually even you know, put in like a capacity building, you know, dance lessons, uh, physical uh, activities because they had no idea. But now you have a regional action plan on women, peace, and security. Are you working with the different ministries so that they could pick up the programs that you have been recommending and then use their budget to implement those uh, activities that are in the regional action plan? The implementation strategy of the RAP WPS, ma'am, is that uh, you have the regional action plan and where the different ministries and um, offices have their respective commitments. So yung kanilang mga commitments, ma'am, they translate that into a an agency-specific action plan, which actually reflects the the annual targets of each ministry and office na mayroong commitment under the RAP WPS. Yung kanilang mga annual targets, ma'am, under the RAP WPS, are integrated in their God plan and budget. No? So uh, sa template, Nung uh, God Plan and Budget, there is a portion there about women, peace, and security. So doon, uh, nire-reflect ng mga ministries yung kanilang mga commitments under the RAP WPS. No, so the, both the God Plan and Budget of the ministries as well as their God Accomplishment Reports are being reviewed by the Bangsamoro Women Commission to ensure that yung kanilang uh, mga interventions are aligned with their mandates. Yung mga interventions are uh, also compliant to the guidelines on what can be and cannot be charged to the 5% God budget. No? So, uh, nare-review, ma'am, and yung aming mga comments and inputs are uh, being considered naman by the ministries. Kaya nire-reflect nila as they do the enhancement ng kanila mga God plans and budgets. That sounds, that sounds really good. But um, as you very well know, Helen, we are under a new administration. This is now the administration of uh, a new president, Ferdinand Marcos Jr. or Bongbong Marcos, uh, BBM for short. If you could, Helen, what recommendations would you make to uh, the president to continue the empowering of Bangsamoro women to strengthen uh, Bangsamoro women's participation in peace building and decision making. What would be like the, the three priority agenda of the Bangsamoro Women's Commission? I mean, of assuming that you could chica chica, you could have yes, a chat ma'am. with the president Marcos Jr. If I have the opportunity, ma'am, I would really um, ask him first to sustain the implementation of the Philippine government commitments uh, under Resolution 1325. Uh, meaning to say, continue the implementation of the National Action Plan on Women, Peace and Security. Then uh, second, ma'am, uh, I will recommend that a measure, measure or a policy be institutionalized uh, or, or a measure or a policy be passed uh, institutionalizing gender quota in the executive and legislative branches of the government. And yung pangatlo, ma'am, suntok sa buwan, I hope you would consider appointing a woman chief minister or a deputy chief minister. Now that's, uh, yep, when, uh, dear listeners, when uh, Helen talks about uh, Suntuk Sabuan, she's talking about an act that is uh, essentially trying to hit the moon. But, you know, we, yes, we can indeed. dream big, right? Uh, Helen, aim for the stars so that even if it falls, you still get uh, something. Yes, but, um, Helen, um, knowing the leadership in the Bangsamoro, what are the possibilities that uh, they would support, for instance, a deputy chief minister uh, to be appointed who is female? Is there an appetite uh, for it? Medyo mababa yung hope. But then again, ma'am, uh, you can dream. we have the Bangsamoro. Yes, ma'am, we have the Bangsamoro organic law and uh, yun naman lagi yung reference nila, pinapanindigan. So the BOL uh, very specifically provides for women's meaningful participation in policy and decision-making right. and in governance. That's right. 
But you, yes, you, so, you know the members of the transition authority, this male-dominated uh, uh, transition authority. Um, do they feel threatened at all by these uh, super women who are in their midst? Or have they learned to accept and uh, deal fairly with the women in the BTA? I think, ma'am, because as, as I have observed, Uh, they have uh, learned to accept, recognize uh, the potential uh, capacity of women. Because uh, in the parliament, for example, ma'am, during sessions and when there are deliberations, ang lalakas ng mga bosses ng mga ating women members of the parliament. No, so sila yung usually nagdo-dominate ng discussions. No, so you have MP Maisara Latif, no, uh, engineer Bayintan ng Katwan, no, so. So ano sila ma'am uh, you, you, we have strong and empowered women members of the parliament no who who can articulately discuss uh on every subject matter that is presented uh to the parliament no and so they're experts and, yes women they are experts and uh nirerecognize naman yun ma'am no? so they're given attention they're given recognition they are given actually the time to to speak and uh, deliver their piece no so doon pa lang um, makikita mo na talaga na the gentlemen the moro muslim gentlemen have learned to accept that women have a uh, uh, important place mm. in in the governance i'm really glad to hear you you say that uh, helen especially now that uh, the winds of fundamentalism are gaining strength. What with the victory of, uh, of the Taliban, for instance, in, uh, in Afghanistan. And uh, this uh, fundamentalism is now gaining grounds again in Southeast Asia. And uh, the worry of many of our civil society leaders is that this might stop the process of empowering women and uh, limit the space within which women can uh, operate. But um, having worked in the Bangsamoro for all these years, Helen, uh, you still remain optimistic that we will be able to continue empowering Bangsamoro women. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, precisely because, uh, number one, ma'am, we have uh, strong support. Uh, we enjoy the backing of uh, civil society organizations and international uh, donor organizations, uh, which uh, ensures that gender is integrated uh, not only in the programs, policies, and plans, but in the systems and processes as well of uh, the regional government. No, So, uh, in fact, Uh, in the Bangsamoro Gender and Development Special Committee, this is a special committee under the Bangsamoro Economic Development Council, which is the highest planning and policy-making body in the region. Uh, we have ensured that the Bigad SE, the Bangsamoro Gender and Development Special Committee, is chaired by BWC, co-chaired mm -hmm. by MILG. Mm -hmm. So when we drafted the the resolution, um, we ensured that uh, civil society organizations are sitting as members of uh, this Bigad SC uh, because we do recognize that uh, there, we do recognize their substantial support and contribution in gender and development works and that uh, we are confident that uh, they will remain, uh, they will sustain their commitment to push for uh, gender equality and women empowerment. No, So, Nanjan, they are our, our allies. No, so even if there is uh, this threat of fundam fundamentalism, we are confident that our partner civil so societies will be at the forefront and uh, will remain ours, as our partners. Thank you so much, uh, Helen, for giving us a view into what's really happening in uh, the Bangsamoro region. What's happening to to women and the fascinating stories about trans transformation of the MILF women combatants uh, who are now uh, God uh, advocates. It's, it's really quite uh, encouraging. And before we end, uh, Helen, uh, perhaps you have a message of encouragement to 
uh, women and men who are listening to us about the role that they can all play to support peace and to support women who are peace builders. For the women, let us continue to dream big dreams and move forward in our uh, work for gender equality and women empowerment. And for the men, be our allies. Transform yourself as men advocating for gender and development. Thank you so much, Helen. Dear listeners, you heard Helen Rojas, a chief of staff of a member of the parliament by Noncaron, and who has been spending years and years of her life, not just as a peace builder, um, part of the group that worked on the peace process with the Moro Islamic Liberation Front, but really on gender advocacy. There is a, an, uh, an anecdote they, that I've heard very often that uh, women are like the canaries in the coal mines. And during the Industrial Revolution, when you had coal mines uh, in, the, in, the, in Europe, uh, essentially fueling uh, industry, they would bring these beautiful yellow birds called canaries into the coal mines. And if the canaries continued singing and chirping, that meant the coal mine was safe. But if there was silence, then they knew not to enter the coal mine because it was unsafe. It had toxic gases. Women are the same. When women are vibrant and participatory and able to voice out, as uh, our dear friend Helen Rojas has been voicing out, then you know the democracy, the coal mine that is democracy, is safe. So, dear friends, let's keep the canaries in uh, the democracy coal mines alive, well, and singing. This is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying thank you for joining Helen and me in this conversation. And see you again next week. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.